This episode of Cast a Craze is brought to you by... Welcome to the third installment of my all-ages, family-friendly comedy sci-fi series. For months, I've been working tirelessly, putting together not one, not two, but three amazing stories, all centered around this one amazing character, Duty, from There's an Alien in My Toilet. And I wanted to say thank you to all of the fans who supported us at the conventions, and also on the Kickstarter, helping to make it so successful. Now we're back with book three... And as always, we have amazing covers and an amazing story where Duty finally gets into a house and there are humans involved in a chihuahua named Herman. And just in time for Halloween, I bring you Duty's Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. You're not going to want to miss this one. It's one wild ride. But I also have something for the little ones. This is an activity book, a story book filled with adventures. And at the end, your child can write their own story and create their own characters. So thank you for sticking around for the first two issues, and I hope you enjoyed this next series of books that I bring you. Your support, your investment, means the world to me, and I can't do it without you. Have a great day. Enjoy reading. What's up, everybody? This is your host with the most, Sam, the crazy man, Vera. And tonight, we have a very special guest. We have Sarah Cook coming to talk to us about No Spells Last Forever, number one currently um on kickstarter sign up on kickstarter today the link is in the chat george will be joining us on our next episode uh so with that without further ado let's just get it Show for independence all around, giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream of Medina and Sam the Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your man to listen to us on the go. Updated every week, we never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to cast the craze. If you are an independent, cast the craze. Making moves on your own, cast the craze. On your grind in the street, cast the craze. Join the movement, catch the craze! Yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now, now you wanna do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch the Craze Podcast. I am your host with the most hip, crazy man, Vera. And I am with Duty. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? Yay! So tonight we have uh, Sarah. 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 Remember that song? That was that song was legit. Oh, anyway. Um, what's up? This made comics into his house. Um, so yeah, yeah, we got we're gonna be talking about her campaign that's coming up, it's getting ready to launch soon. No spells last forever. Number one, a noir urban fantasy comic about a magic user who makes a deal with the devil for a second chance at life. Don't do it, don't make a deal with the devil. Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no. Anyway, never make a deal with the devil. No, it never comes out the right way. I'm just saying. The devil has tricks upon tricks upon tricks, silly rabbit. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking to her soon. But in the meantime, you know, we'll be talking to her in about 10 minutes. But in the meantime, have you backed this nail into my toilet? Why haven't you? 
I mean, there's three books. There's three. Well, it's issue three, Aichiwawa, right here. Hold on. I got it right here for you. And there's three covers for Aichiwawa. Three fantastic covers. So you have um, cover A and cover B that you can choose from on the campaign. I mean, it's ready to go. It's printed. The proofs are done. Um, you're not going to be waiting. As soon as the campaign's over, it's shipping. And um, then you have the variant cover to uh, The Shining. You know, here's Johnny. Was here's duty. This is available as well on the campaign. But I worked hard on the second story. The first time in over a decade that I worked on an entire book by myself. I didn't have George Letterit. I didn't have I didn't pay for a colorist. I didn't have cover artists. I did it all myself. And it's Duty's Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. And it's right here. It's right here. And this bad boy is ready to go. It's full colors. The 24-page story is part one of three. It's part one of three. And there's three covers to this. So you can get it single, just like this with this cover. Or you can see um, there's a hand there. That's because there's a left and a right. So you can get all three covers. I think you can get the three. I forgot how much it was. But if you go to the Kickstarter right now, you'll see you got Duty's Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. And then for you moms and dads and, and guardians um, who have children, there's Duty's Adventures. And it's a rematch to Duty's Adventures. And every page turn, there's trivia questions um for the kids so they read the story the left hand side there's there's questions that they you know they uh, talk about with the parent or the guardian and they get to answer it and then the last six pages at the end they can write their ending their own ending and they can draw their own characters it's very interactive great for four-year-olds you should pick it up it is fantastic but here's the ps that is his don'ts it's the custom sketchbook now pick up the custom sketchbook and you'll get a custom sketch. Now, if you have a little one that you're giving this to, there's a 50-page sketchbook that you can fill up with all your art. And it's a great for duty fans. But if you pick this up, this in first page, you send me a headshot of whoever kid you're giving it to. And I will sketch the kid with duty in the book on the first page, having fun together. What a deal. And if you pledge during this stream... And the one next, uh, right after this, if you pledge doing these next two streams, um, not live while I'm on the show, uh, I'm throwing in a bookmark, Duty Monsters bookmark um, for free, throwing it inside your, your bag. So all you have to do is just pledge a physical tier. If you do a digital tier, you'll get a digital copy. So um, I'm excited about this. I've been working on it. Um, uh, issue one and two was funded quickly. Issue three, boy, am I scared. We haven't been funded. And that's the, that's a first for this campaign, for this project, for duty. And so I need your help. I know you have nephews and nieces. I know you have people who like to laugh. You know, not everybody needs a nudie comic. Yeah, I know you want to laugh. So come on down and get yourself a nail in my toilet. Um, so we have a, I have a packed week. Uh, tonight, right after this show, we have uh, Sean Fry from Biff Bamboo Comics at 8 o'clock. Tomorrow, I have Ray Felix at 7 o'clock. Then at 8 o'clock, I'm joining my boy, uh, J.D. Rosario, for his Kickstarter party, launch party. He asked the craze to join, and you know what we do. We support the indie community, so I couldn't say no to my boy. He, you know, he's like, I'm just going to be there in the stream with him, helping, cheering him on, and uh, hopefully you guys come along for the ride. It's going to be a big party. He's a good guy. Works for, he's you know, been doing this for a long time, and, uh, you know, I you know you, you, all you have to do is go, Hootie hoo! And the craze comes running. We come running. We got you. We got you. That's how we do it. Um, so I'm excited about that. And shout out. I want to give some shout outs. 
I put out a last minute call. I reached out to a few um, podcasters and the ones who made accommodations for me um, to get on this show. Thank you, Pops Van Zant. Um, thank you, Nerds in the Round, Sebastian Bonet. Um, thank you, JD Calderon. Uh, who else? Who else? Um, thank you, Sarah. Uh, not Sarah. Thank you, um, Laurie. Laurie Kakateras. That's what it is. I just saw Sarah pop up and I was like, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> thank you, Laurie Kakatera, um, for getting me on her show last minute. So for all you guys who uh, found a way to squeeze me in um, uh, to uh, promote my campaign, I truly appreciate it. It's been crazy. I was trying to avoid doing podcasts this time around, um, <laughs> considering I'm a podcaster, uh, because I did over 30 the first campaign. And then I did like 20 on the second campaign and it burned me out. I was, I was burning both ends as a candle. And um, on top of running Cassie Craze and top of drawing and working on my books and, you know, and all that other stuff. So I just didn't want to have to do it again. But considering that it's a week already into the game and we haven't been funded and that's the first for Disneyland in my toilet. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know if everybody got abducted. I don't know if the UFOs came. <laughs> you know, I don't know if his father from Uranus came down and just took everybody and just is like, I'm done with you. Um, but um, uh, so I have to go out there and, uh, you know, shout from the top of the hill, hilltops and say, you know, just like, you know, duty's coming, duty's coming. So I just want to uh, make sure you guys know that. So, yeah, so jo join us again after this. We got Biff Bamboom Comics tomorrow. We got Ray Felix. We're going to be talking about what happened with his um, campaign um, that he launched. Uh, he, he didn't get funded. But we're going to talk about what's going to happen in the future with um, his his brand and his property. And uh, you'll probably see me on screen walking through some features on Kickstarter. Um, so if, you, if you're new to Kickstarter, you don't know how to format it. I will be doing it uh, live tomorrow night with Ray Felix. So um, uh, you can check that out. That's going to be fun. And then join me. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's all over the place. It's um, Thank you. I appreciate that. It's uh, it's um, I won't compromise my you know my my property's integrity my my whole focus is all ages and i think what happens is people hear all ages as a trigger word for corny right <laughs> and so i think people say oh, they, oh that's corny i'm too cool for that you know so but um you put you put a half naked woman on the cover and everyone comes flocking and so um um that's just not me even when i had forbidden even when i had forbidden the fantasy series i could have done that i didn't do it and um, because that's not what I'm selling, I'm selling the story. I'm not selling a photo. And um, and with duty, it's about hearts, about stories, about the whole family coming together. It's interactive. It's educational. It's funny. Um, it's for. And then <laughs> I just got I just got my dogs, my squad just <laughs> busted right at the door. I don't care how many times and how many things I put to block them from coming up. They will find a way. Uh, yeah, I see you. I see you. I see you. But uh, yeah, yeah. So um. Um, yeah, so join us tomorrow night as well at eight o'clock on JD Rosario's. I don't know what the name of his podcast is, but he's going live. He invited the craze to support him for his live Kickstarter launch party. We will be there. Um, you know, uh, he said it's going to be some free food. Uh, so even though I can't have any from, you know, virtually, but, uh, if, uh, Mark Zuckerberg has anything to do with it, we probably will one day. Um, but yeah, that's going to be awesome. So, um, and then join us tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, we're going to be continuing to come. I mean, not tomorrow. Tomorrow is Thursday. Oh, God, jeez. The days go by fast. So to us tomorrow morning on the Morning Brew with the Crazy Crew, where George and I are going to be talking about a manga artist's schedule versus a traditional comic artist's schedule. 
and it's extreme. If you watch the Crazy Ten LS, you saw you, I compared their schedule to my schedule. They don't sleep and they don't they don't have fun. And so um, it's real, you know. So uh, I mean, I salute those guys and girls, but um, you know, pff, don't catch me, don't catch me doing that. But uh, you know, salute to them. That's why they produce so many books, and that's why their books are affordable. You get a book this big, and it's affordable compared to the to our graphic novels, which are just thin and they're more expensive, right? That's because they're putting out more content fast, so they can do it. Um, these mangakas are, are putting out a, a, a book a week. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know how to do it. It's, you know, I'm like, yeah, and they, it's mangaka. And there's not a duty joke. That's what it's called. That's what they're called. I'm just, I'm just saying, so don't come at me. Just saying. <laughs> so with that said, um, we're going to bring our guest in the room. Again, George won't be with us. Uh, he's running late. So um, he'll probably pop in sometime around this one, if not the eight o'clock show. But, um, you know, there are so many reasons to subscribe to Catch the Craze podcast and support the independent community. But I'm going to let our previous guest tell you. It's Monty Moore. I'm a 30-year comics veteran in comics, games, and movies. And you've been watching one of my absolute favorite podcasts, Catch the Craze. You are watching Catch the Craze. What am I listening to? And you're listening to Catch the Craze. Where are all the indies at? A Catch the Craze podcast. What are you watching? I'm watching Catch the Craze. What are you going to do? Subscribe now to Catch the Craze, the number one show online for independent. Have you subscribed to? You are an independent. Catch the Craze. Making moves on your own. Catch the Craze. On your grind in the streets. Catch the Craze. Join the movement. Catch the Craze. Welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, anytime, anytime. So, for anybody who's watching this and, and don't know who you are, why don't you give us a brief rundown on who you are, and what you do? Um, so, I am a comics writer. Um, I'm working on a series right now called No Spell Lasts Forever, uh, which is the new title. It had a different title when I was here back in January. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a writer. I've got a couple short stories that I've, I've been working on for anthologies. Um, I'm also a blogger. I've done some blogging for Marvel and, and for DC and women write about comics and some other places. Um, and yeah, that's uh, mostly what I do. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Uh, you're wearing a lot of hats, a lot of hats. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, before we talk about um, No Spell Last Forever, um, which is a, an amazing title, um, you know, let's just, again, give everybody a rundown on like, as a child, um, what was the first book that you remember reading and what was it about that book that inspired you? The first, um, well, the first book that I remember really reading and getting really into as a kid, like on my own, I think was the Wrinkle in Time series. Mm. Um, and I just, I loved those books. I think it was obviously like the, the fantasy element, but the kind of idea that this girl who is just in this normal world could then be swept up into all of this fantasy drama. Right. Um, that's the first one that I, and before that I read uh, things that I remember having like my parents read to me, Little Women and some others. But um, I think the first one that that really got me hooked on on fantasy and, and fandom type stuff was uh, Wrinkle in Time. Right. So what was the first actual attempt you made to actually writing your own story? 
Um, <laughs> I remember writing stories even in grade school. I, I have a substack called Killer Tater Tots, and it's uh, <laughs> it's named after a story that I wrote in I think it was first or second grade about um, tater tots coming to life and taking over my school. And uh, I, I still have memories <laughs> of writing this story. Um, I and that's the earliest that I think I can remember. Yeah, that's first or second grade. Yeah, I don't know anyone who doesn't love tater tots. Right? <laughs> it's like it was like one of those. I mean, for me, it was the grilled cheese and the tater tots mm -hmm. that were just like it, it's it a was, good combination. Yeah, oh, what? What? I mean, I would, I would change, I would trade just to get because. You know, I don't know if it, in your elementary school the grilled cheese used to come like in a plastic, uh, in, like, <laughs> in, in like a plastic wrapping, and you open it up and the steam comes out and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you that was your first mo uh, moment, but when did you realize that hey I want to make I want to make a go at this? Yeah, um, I first started writing some short stories uh, and and poetry in high school. Um, and I submitted, well, middle school, I guess it was, uh, I submitted a short story to a kid's lit journal in, in middle school, and it got published. Um, and then I, I started writing more short stories and poetry in high school and, and college. Um, and I think I really kind of through college ended up sort of veering more towards journalistic writing and, and blogging. Um, and then kind of came back around <laughs> eventually to more more creative writing later on when I uh, came back and, and did my MFA in creative writing. And that was, I did a poetry concentration there. And then it was a little bit after that, I wrote um, a web series with uh, a friend of mine from grad school. Um, it's a sci-fi, sci-fi comedy web series. It's called My Human Experience. Um, and that was kind of, I think my first more professional stab at fiction writing. Um, and that was the thing that really kind of got me hooked on, on fiction writing. And I knew that if I was going to be writing fiction, I, I wanted to do comics because, because I love them so much. Right. So, I mean, you said, you said a lot and there's, and there's a lot of things <laughs> that I want to know. It's some things that very fascinating because you, you, you tried your hand on a lot of different mm -hmm. forms of writing. What was it about poetry that, that you, that you enjoyed and, and and what was the influence that said, you know what, I want to try my hand at poetry? I think what I like about writing poetry is just how much it relies on, on language. And obviously any kind of writing does, but I think poetry, it's, it's so specific because it's the way the words look on the page and the way they sound together. And it feels almost like a, a puzzle, like how can you take all of these different aspects of language and put them together into something that works? Um, and just using using words in that way was always really interesting to me. Um, and I think I've just always really enjoyed reading it, even back to like when I was in high school, our school had a poetry journal that I was a part of. Um, I just always really enjoyed reading it, too. So it kind of I think at that point was the natural thing for me to get into first. Of all the po poems you've written, is there anyone that stands out to you that's your favorite? Oh, uh, that's hard. <laughs> um, I think probably some of the ones that I wrote towards the end of grad school, I remember writing one about um, kind of, I, I had gone back and forth across the country moving multiple times in like the span of just a few years. And I had a poem about uh, kind of that experience and, and seeing the different seasons in these different places and 
what that was like. And, and that one was fun to write. And I think it's probably still one of my favorites. That's fascinating. <laughs> um, it, it's, before I jump into the next question, what, what is it about Spock that fascinates you? Oh, Spock? <laughs> he's um, probably, I'm a big Trekkie. I've always been a huge Trekkie. Um, and he's maybe my favorite Star Trek character. That's hard to say, though. It's probably either him or Janeway or Picard. See, I can't even decide. <laughs> but I think Spock in particular is interesting because he's um, always a little bit of an outsider but still has this like confidence and this self-assuredness and everyone's always making jokes about him being a Vulcan and his logic and his pointy ears, but he still has this sort of confidence about him. That's fascinating. That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's, it's either, you're either one or the other. Um, I enjoy both. You know, I enjoy Star yeah. Wars. I enjoy Star Trek. I, I like Star Rogers, Wars. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, all that yeah. stuff, you know, um, uh, I just think science fiction is just, just fascinating um, uh, form of storytelling. Um, yeah. Same. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So you 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 wrote Tater Tots. You wrote poetry. You wrote <laughs> you wrote a short story with a friend, uh, a, a, a classmate or friend. What whose idea was it? Um, and where and what was the premise of the what, the project you guys wrote together? Oh yeah. Um, so my human experience, and it's. Uh, she and I had wanted to do something. We were good friends. Um, we were roommates in school and, and are still really good friends. Um, and we wanted to do something together, but we weren't really sure what. And we were doing a little YouTube show for a while, actually, and writing just some kind of uh, little sketches for the show that we would do. And we really enjoyed that and kind of wanted to do something more. So we uh, that was how we got the idea for the web series. Um, and we kind of, I think, came up with the premise together uh, it's about an alien who uh, comes to Earth and, and is a student and is uh, trying to figure out what it's like to, to be human. <laughs> um, so she's a little bit of a fish out of water. Uh, and I think we uh, kind of played around with some different ideas, but came to, came to that idea pretty much together. And how long did it run for? Um, we, we are still in the process. We've got the first uh, pilot episode produced, actually. Um, Congrats. It's been screening over the last like year and a half. It's been screening at some festivals and we're hoping to eventually go on and, and do a campaign and get more of the episodes produced. Oh, that's fascinating. That's awesome. Is it something that people can actually see or is it like a website or is it just at festivals? It will be. <laughs> it's at festivals now, um, but because of some of the terms of some of the festivals, we're not able to make it public until it's screened at those places. But eventually, <laughs> it'll be it'll be public. So you said you, you produced it. So what what did that entail? Um, what was the work involved behind that? Yeah, that was a big ex <laughs> a big learning experience. I hadn't really. She was more into film. Like since we had been into school, or since we had been in school together, she kind of went on and, and did more screenwriting and got more into the film side of things. Um, so she had more. Her name is Amy Danzero. Uh, she had more experience with that than than I did. Um, but we hadn't, she hadn't really produced either. She had, um, yeah, that was her, her first production credit too. And, uh, so it was a lot of learning, like, well, how do we choose a, a director? How do we contact directors? And, and we knew someone who was a, a producer who ended up being our producer on the show. Um, so she was really helpful for us too. She had a lot of resources and, and contacts, but it was a lot of that and a lot of kind of figuring out 
okay, what are we looking for when we're looking for actors and just figuring out the whole thing. Um, and we were shooting it during COVID, <laughs> which made it, of course, even more complicated. Um, and I, I'm in Ohio, and so I couldn't be there for the actual filming, which was really sad for me. But hopefully, future episodes, I'll be able to be there. Um, but that was, uh, we found like a big warehouse in LA where people uh, do, sh do shoots a lot and uh, kind of built some sets and, and found people to, to build the sets for us. And it looked awesome. Um, but it was a, a big learning experience for sure. Wow. <laughs> a lot of fun. Right. So, so that's, that's fascinating for any, you know, um, aspiring filmmakers out there, you know, did you have to go out there and raise capital? Did, did was it like, you know, just people just volunteering their time? Like, how did you work around that? Yeah, we did a, we did an Indiegogo campaign actually. And our producer, Kay Tuxford is her name. Um, she's done tons of crowdfunding. So uh, having her help us out with that <laughs> the first time around was, was a huge help. Um, but we did, yeah, we went out and we crowdfunded it um, and, made enough to to get that episode produced that is fascinating congratulations <laughs> wow what, a, what an undertaking especially for first time out that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome so it so i'm assuming because she 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 was a um uh studying to be a filmmaker this was her <laughs> idea to to convert it into film um yeah she was it was more her idea to do film versus a, a comic or something right so now i mean you you have so who wrote the screenplay? Uh, we did together. <laughs> so what was that like for you? I mean, um, what was the learning curve there? Because it's very different from writing a novel, prose, or a comic book, or poetry. Yeah, it's really different. Um, I had taken a couple screenwriting classes in college, so I knew a little bit. Um, but they were really just electives. It wasn't something that I did for like a sustained period of time during school or anything like that. Most of what I had written at that point was either uh, prose or, or poetry. And it was really different. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I had Amy to, to work with because she had more experience at that time just with the, the format. And um, But I, I liked writing in that format a lot. Um, I think it was good practice for writing comic scripts, which are really different in, in a lot of ways, but have some similarities being visual storytelling mediums. Um, but it was it was really different from anything I'd written before, but I really enjoyed kind of learning how to do it. Yeah, the way I taught myself was I bought the actual scripts uh, um, for my favorite mm -hmm. films, or the screenplays for my favorite films, or even some sitcoms. And I just yeah. studied the, the, the beats. And I just like, all right, the tempo and, and when they transition and all that stuff. And then that's how I uh, applied it to um, uh, what I did. That's fascinating. Um, so which which is your favorite sandbox to play in? I think it's comics at this point, it's it's comics. Right, so what is it about comics that uh, excites you? I feel like <laughs> it's just such a cool, such a cool medium. Um, I feel like it's, uh, it has some things in common with with film and TV, but there's stuff that when I mean, there's stuff that film and TV can do that comics can't do. But there's also stuff that comics can do that that film and TV can't. Um, and I've often thought too that it really kind of has a lot in common with poetry, right? Because I think poetry, when you're writing a poem, it's a 
a snapshot of an experience kind of. <laughs> um, and I think that comics are, are kind of the same because you have to be so selective with what shots you're putting in each panel. It's not like a movie where it's ongoing. And so that kind of like grabbing these snapshots and putting them together, to me at least, feels a lot like what you do when you're writing a poem. Right. Um, and I, I just, I really enjoy that about them. Um, I just, I think they're so much fun to read. <laughs> so was No Spell your favorite, your, your first comic that you've written or did you try your hand at something before this? I wrote a couple before this um, that I think would have needed more editing and more work to get to the point where I would have wanted to try to make them. Right. Uh, but the first one was uh, a high fantasy and the second one was a sci-fi, kind of like an X-Files-ish sci-fi. Mm -hmm. um, and those were really just kind of like learning the ropes with writing a script and, and learning the beats and all of that. And I think those were really good uh, writing, ex uh, like learning experiences. Um, but yeah, and then after after that sci-fi, then I went on to write No Spell. So what is it about X-Files that you like? <laughs> I'm a big X-Files fan too. <laughs> yeah, pick up on it. I'm listening to those key words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think I just, uh, Mulder and Scully as a team just had such a good dynamic. I loved watching them together. Um, and then all of the, just the creepiness and the mystery that surrounded it always. It was, it was great. I was a big fan. I think uh, I so was I. I, I think uh, when um, the soundtrack, the the, the music, yes, it's, it's just. I was talking to George about it because <clears throat> Nandor doesn't have that, or Andor mm -hmm. doesn't have that. The new Star mm -hmm. Wars um, um, series on on Disney, um, you know, the Mandalorian had it, right? You know, Lord yeah. of the Rings has it. Game of Thrones have it. They have mm -hmm. that that soundtrack that draws you in. And, and, and you just you glued to it and Andor doesn't have it. And, and it's just like, I was like, did they, like, was the budget different? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it makes a difference um, because it think every, like the lighting in X-Files was perfect. Yeah. Um, the tempo was perfect. The chemistry they had was amazing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think they could have done a thousand more episodes. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was that kind of show. Um, uh, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the theme here. So <laughs> does, I, I looked at it. It's a, it's a noir urban fantasy comic about magic user. So you chose to go with fantasy yeah. and magic, um, rather than science. Mm -hmm. uh, right. So why that route? Because you're a big sci-fi buff. Yeah. Um, I, I like both. I like fantasy a lot, too, and I, I like sci-fi. Um, I think what I like about magic specifically and with urban fantasy specifically, I, I like high fantasy, too, but with urban fantasy, the thing that I think I like about that is kind of the idea that there could be someone living in, in our real world just going about their life with their job or whatever, but they could have magic and they could have access to this amazing thing. Um, I, I just, I always thought that was cool. Um, and I was talking recently about this. I feel like there's, like with urban fantasy and sci-fi, it feels kind of similar to me. Right. Um, like Star Trek, the science in Star Trek and the stories that you can, that you can develop as a result of this super advanced science. It feels like magic. <laughs> it feels similar to an urban fantasy story in some ways. And, and so... Like for me, just as far as what, what I like and what informs 
what I'm writing, it's it's kind of both. And I feel like they have some similarities. Right. So I see the male character, the female character. Are they partners or are they opposing sides? I, I'm just looking at the, the image that you have on your thumbnail on the Kickstarter right there. Um, so talk about let's first give us the, the <laughs> give us the premise of the story before we go into the characters themselves. So what can people expect from this? Uh, so the main character, her name is Rosette, and she's a magic user. They're they're called conjurers. Um, and she uh, makes a, she kind of her whole life. <laughs> she's she's been made to feel like her magic is wrong and and it makes her dangerous. Um, and her parents kind of hand her off to this guild of magic users when she's a kid who can help her learn to use her magic. Um, so she feels she has all of these feelings of kind of rejection. And as a teenager, she comes to New York and kind of tries to make her way there and ultimately ends up uh, using her magic to be basically a, a fixer for the mob. Um, and she, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but not too much. It happens in the first issue. So she dies and she uh, makes a deal with the devil for a second chance of life. Uh, but as, as things kind of go along, she starts to question whether she can actually follow through with it. Um, and so that's the main character of Zet. And the, the guy in that image is, uh, his name is Bash. He's the uh, police chief. So they start off opposing that kind of evolves over, over later issues. Yeah, they, look, they look like that, 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 that going to fall for each other. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just reading between the lines. But I, I don't when I started the show and I read that making the deal with the devil, I was like, why would you do that? Yeah. Do that? You know, yeah, the devil doesn't play fair. Not you know, like, you know <laughs> nothing good can happen from that. Um so that's so that's fantasy uh, um fantasy. That's uh fascinating. Uh I, I love that whole um I love I love the backstory uh, of of what you're doing with her. What's his backstory? What's he all about besides just um, his mission. Yeah. So his backstory is um, a lot of the the cops who work for him are corrupt cops and, and kind of getting paid off by the mob. And there are these two opposing uh, groups <laughs> who are both kind of vying for control of the cops. And, and his whole backstory is that he's trying to um, trying to manage that. Right. That's fascinating that you added the mob twist to it too. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, and then, you know, the enforcer is a magician that can conjure up magic. So I, I think th those elements are fun and unique and fresh. Oh. Um, <laughs> it, it, it sounds uh, fascinating. So how many pages is this um, your f number one? Uh, number one is 21 pages. 21 pages. And now talk, let, uh, how did you find your illustrator? Um, I looked around, I looked on DeviantArt. I found her through DeviantArt, but I looked around DeviantArt and ArtStation and, and Instagram and just messaged a bunch of people. Um, and she sent me some samples. She did a couple sample pages first. I'm a Holly is her name and she's super talented. Um, and she sent me a couple sample pages and they just really, she captured that noir tone, I think really well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's worked out really well. It's been great working with her. She's She's a lot of fun to work with and super talented. Does she do the coloring as well? She does, yeah. Wow, that's that's awesome. As I mean, I love the um, the attitude that look that she gave um, the character on that thumbnail. Yeah, <laughs> she's sassy. You could tell that she's she's not playing games. <laughs> you know, and she's just like you know, if you just look at her wrong, she's gonna whip you with that 
<laughs> ball that she has in her hand. And uh, I mean, she just did. She just captured the emotion on just that image, and it's a great thumbnail for your campaign. It really is. <laughs> you know, it says a lot without saying much. Um, and so, talk to me about the font usage and the idea behind the title. Um. Yeah. So the title, <laughs> I, I went. I the original title was a warm and violent dusk, which I still like, but not necessarily for this. I think it kind of is is poetic, but isn't super descriptive of, of the story. Um, so I kind of went around in my head with some different things and, and landed on this. Uh, I feel like it's uh, kind of has that noir, sort of like old noir movie kind of uh, feel to it. Right. Um, and the the font, the lettering, I, uh, I actually did the lettering for the cover, for both covers, <laughs> that one and the variant. Um, at which I, I had a lot of fun doing those too. The variant, the lettering for that one, um, that whole cover is an homage to uh, the movie poster for The Big Sleep, mm -hmm. which uh, our main character is really kind of personally influenced by uh, old noir movies. And, and that's kind of why she dresses the way she does and uh, sort of speaks the way she does. Um, and The Big Sleep is, is her favorite. Uh, and so we did kind of a, an homage to, to that for the variant, which was, Super fun. Um, Elena Amanetti did did that artwork. Um, and then for the standard cover, I wanted to do something that looked like uh, an old, I was looking at like old Casablanca, mm -hmm. like posters and things and, and wanted to kind of capture something like that. Oh, that's fine. I remember seeing Casablanca um, seventh grade. Uh, we were in the library in my junior high school and they played it for everybody. Um, <laughs> oh, I loved it. I love it. <laughs> and uh, and we saw, I mean, it's like every month we, we went to that the library to watch movies and we saw um, Gone with the Wind there. Um, uh, that's fascinating. So I see a theme here. Girl power. Yeah. <laughs> was that intentional or was it just, it just happened? It was, it was intentional. Um, but I also feel like it's just kind of what comes naturally to me as a writer. Not that I wouldn't write stories with with male protagonists i definitely would but i feel like it's kind of my my go-to is to have um have a, a female a female lead or, or female cast um that are, are interesting and kind of diverse from one another and and compelling <laughs> even the team that you're working with yeah, mm -hmm, definitely. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just my detective hat it's not that obvious but um uh i, I think it's it's pretty great so your campaign launches when uh, Tuesday, October 4th, October 4th, any specific reason right that, that day or was it, um, it was kind of what worked out well for us, uh, just as far as when we're expecting to get the, the comic done. Um, I may is still working on some of the pages. She's got all the pencils done and she's got a handful of the color, the coloring done for a handful of the pages and she's working on the inks. Um, so we're planning to be done with that in December. Um, we, I kind of thought about, well, do I want to wait until it's all done, uh, to, to do the campaign, which I might do in the future, but I really, I didn't want to have to wait until like next year, <laughs> January or something. Um, uh, but then wanted to make sure we got it done before the holidays. So, uh, October seemed like, uh, like the best time. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And any specific time that day that you're launching it? Um, I think probably around 8 a.m. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So 
what are some of the perks that people that have you are you done with it have you finished up with what yeah um i think for me the most exciting perk is uh, elena's variant cover um but we've also got some other uh, other comics from other creators. They're all in the urban fantasy kind of world. Um, and then I'm doing some uh, offering some things like one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions with with writers or, or anyone really, but uh, right. especially writers um, and uh, interviews in my Substack. Um, what else do we have? Oh, uh, an ash can, a writer's ash can, so you can get a little snippet of a story that I'm working on now, uh, plus some of the, the earlier stuff that I was working on with earlier incarnations of No Spell. Um, we've got a, an artist's ash can, which will include um, a bunch of Aimee's thumbnails and, and pencils and inks and things. Um, some of her character sketches, I think she's including some little character sketches. Um, yeah, those are probably, I've, I'm doing a digital wallpaper thing. Uh, so uh, mobile and, and desktop digital wallpapers from, from the comic. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of stuff. <laughs> What's the long game for this series, for this title? Uh, it's a six issue series. So, uh, hopefully after, after this one, we'll move on to issue two. That's and awesome. We're, uh, I'm going to have it, uh, the printed copies of course will be up on Kickstarter and I'm probably going to make them available. Um, trying to figure out the best way after the campaign to, to make the printed copies available. But it'll be going up digitally too on on Webtoon and probably on Comixology. Awesome, that's awesome. Oh, and so when so when this project is finished, do you have anything else in the works in the pipeline? Um, yeah, I have another one that I'm working on the script for now. I'm uh, in the the editing stages of it. Um, it's it's still pretty early on, but it's uh, it's called Scorned April, and it's kind of a semi-horror, I guess. <laughs> um, I guess ur urban fantasy slash horror um, about uh, an urban legend that kind of revolves around the, the death of these two college students and uh, a current college student who always has kind of thought that there's something suspicious about the story and is trying to un uncover the, the real truth behind it. Oh, that's awesome. So when do you uh, plan on getting that off? Yeah, so that um, I'm still working on on the script for that. As soon as I get to the point where I, I think it's done, um, then I'm probably going to start trying to find an artist for that one too. Okay, so uh, oh, are you? Do you have? Um, I don't know if uh, you mentioned this. Do you have an early bird special for your campaign or? Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, um, they are. Uh, it's a couple of comics, uh, Diary of Night, and uh, but I'm a cat person. Mm -hmm. um, so they're both kind of uh, in the urban fantasy realm. Um, and I'm a cat person. It'll be issues one through four. So it's uh, five separate issues of, of comics for the early bird special. Um, and then I'm doing a thing where uh, the first five people who pledge at the $10 level will get the perks of the $25. Oh, look at that. That's awesome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that, is pretty cool. that is pretty cool. So what does your average day look like? Yeah. <laughs> um, so most, the first thing that I usually do in the morning is just kind of get my social media stuff up, um, make sure that that's, that's done. Um, and I'm also doing some freelance writings, uh, some blogging for, for different places. Um, that's kind of the next thing that I usually move on to. Um, 
and that takes a, a chunk of the day. And then after that, I kind of am able to move on to any additional um, like writing or, or whether it's lettering my comics, um, things like that I'll, I'll do toward the end of the day. Awesome. Awesome. So we talked about your long game for your project. What's the long game for your career? Where do you see yourself five years from now? <laughs> um, I would love to be getting my comics published. <laughs> um, and I'm definitely gonna gonna continue with self-publishing, but I would I'd love to be getting them published eventually. That's that's the dream. <laughs> awesome. And what do you see? What 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 do you anticipate for your film project? Um, we we have the whole season written. Um, we'd love to get the full season made. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun making the first episode, and it's really been received well at, at the festivals it's been at, which is exciting to see. Um, so if we could get the rest of that season, and we, uh, we have beyond season one, we have like three seasons planned out in our heads. So if it really took off and we could do even more than that, that would be right. amazing. But if we could get the first handful of episodes or the first season ideally made, that would be great. Right, now have you guys started pitching? Uh, we have. We pitched around to uh, some little studios. Um, we didn't. <laughs> no one. No one picked it up. Uh, but we have thought maybe give that a second round after after seeing how it's been doing at these film festivals. Maybe give that another try at some point. Outstanding. Outstanding. So we've come to the point where I'm going to give you the screen, and I want you to deliver your elevator pitch and tell everybody why they should need to sign up and why they need to be there on the fourth of October when you go live and then how they can find you on social media. So uh, okay. go for it. <laughs> um, so No Spell Lost Forever number one goes live on Tuesday, October 4th. Um, it's a noir urban fantasy um, with a, a female protagonist and a, a strong supporting cast of other compelling women um, about a magic user who uh, meets an early death and makes a deal with the devil for a second chance at life. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Cook Writer and at No Spell Comic, um, and Twitter at Sarah Cook Write. And uh, the shortened URL for the campaign is tiny.cc/nospell. Yeah. <laughs> outstanding, outstanding. I, this was fascinating. I'm sorry George couldn't be with us tonight. Um, you know, George recently got promoted, so because of that, his uh, demand okay. of his time is. Uh, just been overwhelming and he's been uh, working a lot of uh, crazy hours but um we loved having you on you're always welcome back you know, uh, you know you're part of the the, the craze family so well <laughs> all you have to do is just and you don't even have to ask you, you have the link use it anytime and uh and congratulations on the the film congratulations on the launch of your campaign and uh you know much success to you and anything you do oh thanks you too you got it thank you again for being on the show oh thank you all right, so that was Sarah Cook. The link is in the chat, guys. Go over, sign up, um, you know, and, and if you can't back it, recommend it to somebody. It is fascinating. It's magic. It's fantasy. I mean, just look at the thumbnail. Look at the thumbnail. I mean, I'm telling you right now, it just, if the mood in the book is as dramatic as that one image, you got me. So go ahead, give it a shot. Check it out. That was Sarah Cook. Links in the chat. Links in the summary. Go ahead and, and visit it. And um, with that said, if you haven't subscribed yet to Cast the Craze podcast, will you do? When we grow, you grow. Do you understand that? When we grow, we get more eyes on the independent community. 
they get to reach a bigger, broader audience to promote their creative endeavors. And that's why we do it. We've been doing this since 2005. 2005. Yeah, I know we don't have the subs. Yeah, I know we don't have the, the notoriety. But man, we have grit and we have the craze. And if you're part of the craze, then you're part of the family. And uh, we appreciate every single one of you for joining us every single day. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify or iHeartRadio or you're watching us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, we appreciate you for taking the time to do so. Um, and I appreciate every single one of you out there. And don't forget, if you pledge to my campaign, there's an in my toilet right now, right now, I will throw in a bookmark in your reward. If it's a digital pledge, you'll get a digital copy. If it's a physical, you'll get it in the basket. Of Duty is a brand new bookmark, too. It's, it's awesome. I'm like, I want one for myself. It is awesome. So uh, with that said, don't forget, we're going to be back at 8 o'clock with uh, Sean Fry. He's going to be talking about Cody Valiant, the legendary outlaw hero, um, which is on Indiegogo right now. So at 8 o'clock, join us. George should be back by then, and uh, it'll be fun. And then don't forget, tomorrow morning, join us on the Morning Brew with the Crazy Crew. We got a lot to talk about. We're talking about mangaka. We're talking about manga artists. The grind. These guys are hustlers. I thought I was a hustler. No, these guys hustle. Uh, with that said, I'm the host with the most. Yeah, the crazy man, Vera. You guys have a fantastic night. I'm out. Now I was talking about my friend, Aquisa. Say my name, say my name. Right? <laughs> this is what you were thinking? Oh, you're listening to Catch the Craze. 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 You are listening to Catch the Craze. This is Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze.